What's up my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl Stella coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi guys, I hope everyone is doing well. We have a lot of things on the Housewives Keeping menu today. First, an update on Melissa Gorga's health. We're also going to talk about Teresa and the Judice girls deal with Shein. We have an update on Joe Judice and Kathy Wakili recent appearance on Kim D's podcast. So let's jump right into it because we have a lot to cover today, guys. If you follow Melissa Gorga on Instagram, she recently did a story where she was receiving iron through an IV. Melissa said that she was feeling under the weather for quite some time now and she was hoping that she would be able to kick it and it turns out that she has a severe case of anemia. So Melissa told her followers what symptoms to look out for. So if anyone has been feeling overtired, even after a lot of sleep, or winded, or out of breath, when they normally are not, it might be time um, to go for a checkup. So. It could be nothing, of course, or it could be something underlying, but in Melissa's case, her levels had gone down drastically. And just to say, guys, I, you know, I just kind of did a little bit of research on that. Approximately three millions of Americans are affected with anemia in the United States. So although the death toll is very low when it comes to anemia, the condition can be linked to approximately just over 5,000 deaths every year. So it is pretty serious. And I wish Melissa all the best and a speedy recovery. Like on her video, she looked so tired and worried as well, right? Because again, her levels had gone down significantly. So I hope in a time like this, that Melissa is surrounded by her family, which I'm sure she is, and friends. And uh, I'm also hoping that everyone from the cast has reached out to her or will at least reach out to her in a time like this one. And I know, guys, okay, there's drama. There's drama. There's always drama. That's why we watch the show. But I would like to think that someone's well-being is above all of that. So I don't know, maybe it could be a question for Andy Cohen to ask at the reunion once the show airs, or maybe he could ask that the next time that Melissa is on Watch What Happens Live. Like, has anyone from the cast reached out to you? Or everyone from the cast reached out to you? I think that would be a good question. So, Teresa and the Judice girls, they just secured a deal with the Chinese fast fashion company Xi'an, and it's been causing a lot of hoopla for a multitude of reasons okay i've seen the comments i've read the comments i've heard the comments so it seemed like some people feel like the promo pictures in lingerie in lingerie i should say (laughs) were in poor taste okay and other people commented on the reputation of the brand as a whole so for those of you that are wondering what Xi'an actually means, right? Because it's kind of a weird name. So apparently, because I had to look for that information as I did not know that myself. Apparently in Chinese, uh, Xi'an means elegant or graceful. And I've also, uh, through my little research, uh, found out that it means the exact same thing in Yiddish or something like that, right? Like like close, elegant or graceful or beautiful, something like that in Yiddish. So, but don't quote me on, on that, guys, okay? I don't speak Chinese. I just found that information on the internet. So that's what Xi'an stands for. So... 
I was wondering, okay, what's uh, all the hoopla in uh, in this case? You know, I, obviously I know what's going on with the brand and all of that, but, you know, it kind of just ate a little bit at my curiosity and I just decided to look for a little bit more information as well. So I was about to talk about it all, but why do all the work when someone else has already done the work? <laughs> So I found something very interesting from another content creator that I wanted to share with you all, my listeners, like in case you have not seen it or missed it. And I think it explains it very well. And to be honest, I'm not trying to influence or change the minds of others. It's simply, um, you know, to share that person's commentary and it definitely puts things into perspective because i think she did a fantastic job at um explaining uh the behind the scenes of um the Shein brand right so i'm gonna play a little audio clip for you guys and here it is Y'all, I promise you, today today's one of those docs where the frizzier my hair gets, the more menacing and absurd the story gets. So just just keep an eye. <laughs> now, it's important to note that from this point on, the Chris Shul story hits a dead end. Since 2019 or so, Chris has become even more mysterious, slowly removing himself from Shein as well as from the role of CEO. Nobody knows why. I thought this was all really interesting to talk about because in many ways, Shein is Chris Shul. Fast-paced, rely on SEO, mysterious, exploitative, ruthless, public enough to be one of the richest men and companies on earth, private enough that we know next to nothing about why. In 2020, like a lot of other industries, the garment and apparel industry was decimated because of the pandemic. Macy's is closing all stores nationwide. Stores shut in late March. Superdry, Mark Jacobs, and Masenza are closing some of those stores. Sales were down, production was down, promotion was down. It was a bad time to be in the apparel industry in general. That is, unless you were Shein. In 2020, Shein rigged in an absolutely mind-blowing 10 billion dollars in sales like how the f chris christopher christopher how'd you do it now the answer has been marketing significant deals made with facebook google and tiktok huge influencer deals they even had a reality show with chloe kardashian at a time when everybody was locked up at home Shein made it so that you couldn't ignore them even if you tried there's two pretty big reasons Shein blew up the way they did the first according to bloomberg is China itself. I don't mean China manufactured Shein out of thin air. To be honest, China doesn't really seem to f*** with Shein. But, no, in particular, it all has to do with a trade war between China and the United States. Okay, no, 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 don't, don't, don't go, to, get, get, get back here, don't, don't leave me yet. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, girl, I wouldn't bore you with a weird-ass geopolitical trade drama like that, don't worry. But this is important, you'll be very, very, very brief. There was a change relatively recently that was made to China's tax code. In 2018, China and the U.S. were fighting like Jake Paul and the SEC. Okay, sorry, I'll stop making Jake Paul jokes, okay? Maybe, allegedly. But in 2018, China and the U.S. were a, in a bit of a tiff, if you will. The U.S. imposed stricter tariffs or taxes on China's exports, so China waived export taxes altogether for any direct-to-consumer companies. And according to Bloomberg, this put Xi'an in, in a 
damn good position. Damn, girl, okay, you, yeah, things are looking good for you. In America, any packages worth less than $800 can enter the country without paying a duty or import tax. No taxes in, no taxes out, and even when the Trump administration imposed tariffs that made Chinese products more expensive, the small value shipment exemption remained, meaning Xi'an was able to send their super inexpensive packages from China to the U.S. No questions asked. Okay, you still with me? Okay, here's the deal. Under these tax laws, Xi'an's sales doubled between 2018 and 2019, according to the fine folks at Bloomberg. Even today, Xi'an doesn't pay export taxes on any of their products, and at least in the U.S., they pay no import taxes either. But hey, you know, you're probably wondering, how does Xi'an do it? I mean, we all know the boring tax loophole thing, like, yeah, but how do they How do they actually do it? How do they do it? Brace yourselves, friends. Things are about to get very very dark. By mid-2020, one of the biggest questions people still had about Xi'an was how the hell are they able to keep these prices so low? To which the advocacy group Public Eye responded. They started off by contacting an organization known for defending workers' rights in South China, who they couldn't name in the report for security purposes. Now, the two researchers went to Nankun Village, where a few dozen workshops were located within a block. As they explored the production sites, they were greeted by like very narrow hallways blocked by massive bags of clothing and just like rolls of fabric, which was a huge fire hazard in case there were any kind of emergency, especially since the researchers claimed that they saw bars on windows and doors and didn't see a single emergency exit. In one of the companies, the anonymous researchers secured interviews with three employees. Each of them was asked how many hours they worked per day, and they answered very similarly, from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the morning, then another shift from 1.30 p.m. to 5.45 p.m., and then another shift in the evening from 7 p.m. to 10 or 10.30 p.m. Now, for those of you who are like me and are just kind of bad at math, let me see. Okay, that's, um, yep, carry the one. Divided by, uh-huh. Yeah, that's almost 12 full hours of work spread across a 14 and a half hour block. That's a lot, but it gets worse because they work these shifts every single day, every single week with only one day off per month. One, one day per month off. That's around 75 work hours per week. Now, I am not admittedly too familiar with Chinese labor laws, but I'm pretty sure it's the same as it was in 2020 when this report came out, because back in 2020, a work week was like an American work week, 40 hours maximum, unless, you know, you're in the film production industry or a YouTuber, then, you know, good luck, sleep. Who is she? Never met her. <laughs> Allegedly. But in this instance, the workers are required to have at least one day off per week, not per month. When Public Eye's researchers expressed shock at this, one of them said in a good month he pulls in 10,000 yuan, which in 2023 US dollars is about $1,400 per month. In a good month. After working 75 hours per week. 
with one day off that month. And, and it's like, what does he even mean by a good month? Well, each worker is paid per item of clothing. The more complicated the item, the more that, you know, they get paid. And like, none of the workers even see a problem with this because at least one worker told Public Eye, quote, factories like these do not have to issue contracts. <gasps> Public Eye states that it's true that similar workshops wouldn't have contracts, but some of these factories had over 100 employees, and by Chinese law, these companies would be required to not only provide contracts to employees, but give them a copy of it as well. So if what these workers were saying is true, then it would be a massive, massive problem for a company of Xi'an's size. So that was an extract from a video that you can find on YouTube called The Dark Truth of Xi'an, TikTok Toxic Obsession Exposed. And that video was released approximately four months ago by no one other than content creator and fashion influencer Swoop. So I will leave the link in the description for you all to have a look at it if you are interested in that type of content. The video is just over an hour and a half long and, you know, she provides a lot of information about the company and I mean a lot and I do think that she did a very good job at covering it all. So let me know in the comments, guys, as always, do you think that the collaboration between Teresa and the Judice Girls and uh, the Shein brand uh, do you think it's a good move for Teresa and her girls? Do you think that it's good for her image? Let me know in the comments. Okay, so if you have been wondering, just like myself, if there was an update in Joe Judice's uh, deportation case, we have a quick update on Joe Judice. So during Teresa's podcast today, Namaste Bitches, Teresa was asked by a caller if she thought that well, I don't know if it was a caller because, you know, they have that new format now. Um, they have people coming on on the show. So it, the person might have just, you know, been on Zoom or on camera. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the video. I tend to like to see the audio first. So anyways, just to make a long story short, the person asked uh, Teresa if she thought that Joe Judice would ever return to the United States. And I have to say, guys, that based on her response, Teresa is hopeful, but I felt like her energy um, at that point, like when it comes to answering that question, was very low, right? And uh, so she was hopeful, but she didn't seem too optimistic about that. She was kind of like, I hope he can, I hope he can. But the way that she was responding, it was almost like, it's probably not going to be the case, right? And um, I think we can even hear her co-host, Melissa Feaster, in the back say, oh, no, like something like that, right? So I don't know. I really don't know what's going on when it comes to all of that. There's no update. I've been looking for information uh, for some time, and I haven't seen any news on that or any updates. So there you have it, guys. Uh, Teresa is hopeful that Joe can one day eventually return to America um, but it doesn't seem like, um, you know, the stakes are really high when it comes to uh, that particular situation. So 
I just remember that a few months ago on Teresa's podcast, that's the last um, I knew about this, like in terms of updates, she was talking with Melissa and um, she was saying that, you know, Louis was really helping with the process and he was been, he, he was uh, offering to uh, write letters to the government with the daughters um, to kind of just like uh, in favor of Joe judai's return to the united states and that she uh teresa also said that louis was actively involved in delivering some of these letters and he was assisting with the paperwork and the process so that's the last of that i've heard and in my opinion i don't know guys i'm hopeful uh i want to keep um you know, positive thoughts when it comes to that whole situation. But, and I don't know the numbers on that. I don't have the stats on how many individuals that got departed from the United States were ever able to come back to America. I don't have the number on that. But if I could assume, I would assume that the percentage is very low. Because I also remember that, you know, when they decided to, when, when Joe decided to um, no, long, no longer wait for his case, while in ICE, in the ICE facility, they told him at that time that, you know, you could just choose to get deported back to Italy and maybe you can fight it from there. But chances are it's going to be extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to get back into the country once you leave. Right. So if you were wondering what was the update on that, that's the update when it comes to Joe Judai's deportation case. So, I'm wondering if some of you have listened to Kathy Wakili's interview with Kim D this past Saturday. You know, Kim D has a podcast, Get Real with Kim D, and it's on her Patreon, and um, her guest was Kathy Wakili. And I have to say, guys, I have to be completely honest before we get into the thick of it all. <laughs> Kathy Wakili looked absolutely beautiful. Okay, I have to say that. You know, she has a lot of hair, right? I love the cut. It's simple. It's chic. It's elegant. She had a nice little crisp white shirt on. She looked better than ever, in my opinion. And, you know, Kathy has gorgeous eyes, right? So, elegant as always and very classy so um so before we talk about um the interview and i give you um some of the good stuff that Katy shared uh with kim d <laughs> um just a few things that i was not aware of or, or that at least i did not know and i found that it was very interesting so we all know that Kathy is married to Richie, who is not Italian, but he is Lebanese, which is a beautiful culture as well. I have many friends that are Lebanese and uh, the food is delicious. And we've seen Kathy cook on the show, right? Remember when uh, she had the ladies over for this like goddess party and all of that. She had this beautiful spread with like Middle Eastern food and uh the ladies were very 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 impressed even caroline was just like oh my gosh you cooked all of that it looks delicious i love Mid middle eastern food and all of that so i knew that kathy knew how to carry her own in the kitchen that i knew however i did not know that kathy 
knew how to speak Arabic. I did not know that. And I was very impressed when she said that, you know, I think she was, um, because, you know, Kim D was giving her like a lot of props for that. And, you know, Kathy is a little bit more understated. So she was just like, oh, you know, I speak enough to be able to carry a, a conversation. But I think she is probably close to being fluent in Arabic, which I think is fantastic because she said that, you know, although Richie's family, like his dad and um, Richie's dad and his mother, although they spoke perfect English, um, you know, the way that they interacted with each other, like as family members was mostly in Arabic and Kathy, she didn't want to be left out of the situation. So she started kind of like picking up on the conversation and asking what certain words mean. And then eventually she was able to, you know, put the words together and, uh, able to carry a conversation. So I thought that I was great. I did not know this. And I wish that, you know, I wish they would have kind of like utilized Kathy, um, or maximize her character a little bit more on the show. Because sometimes I find that the drama, not just me, but the drama, it, it, it was really like around Teresa and her family. And Kathy is Teresa's family, believe it or not. So she seems to have like a rich um, storyline of her own that was not really exploited on the show. You know, Kathy, they only showed us Rosie and her mom, but I also know that Kathy has other siblings and if they were ever featured on the show, they were never really introduced as her siblings. So I don't know. Like, and another thing that I did not know was, um, Kathy and, um, Kim, they actually knew each other from way back, like from before they had a relationship. So Kathy, used to i don't think she owned the salon i'm not quite sure i think she worked at a salon or maybe owned the salon back then and um she used to do kim's air, hair when uh, kim was very young and had like a little one so her her relationship with with kim is from way back in the days so that's another thing that we didn't really get to see on the show while Kathy was on. Uh, I never really felt like Kim D had a problem with Kathy on the show, but she was more Teresa's friend, right? So however Teresa felt towards Kathy, I guess like Kim D had to kind of go along with that. So we never really saw that they had, like Kim D was close to Kathy while Kathy was on the show. It's only after that we, the viewer, got to know that Kathy and, and uh, Kim D had a history, right? So I thought that was very interesting and, and that I should share that with you all. So aside from that, so after giving everyone an update, you know, because everybody wanted to know how Richie was doing, how the kids were doing. So everyone's doing well. Victoria, more beautiful than ever. Everybody knows that she's married now. And um, I think she was supposed to become a nurse and then she decided to become a teacher instead and the family is still very tight very close everybody loves each other so there's no problem on that front and we see that kathy and richie are traveling all the time they seem to be living la dolce vita which is great right so then kathy she gets to talk about how she got to come on the show the real housewives of new jersey so to make a long story short 
Kathy said that at some point in time, she had an event at the Brownstone. And as you guys know, Kathy and Richie, they knew Albert from a long time ago. That was mentioned on the show. Uh, even Caroline said that at some point in time. She said, oh, Albert will have my neck if we don't invite the Wakilis. They have to be invited, right? So Kathy and Richie used to host a lot of events at the Brownstones. And they know Albie Menzel very, Albert Menzel very well. They know Tommy Menzel very well. They know the Menzel family very well. So um, Kathy had an event at the Brownstone, some, some sort of theme event. And I guess um, it got someone's attention. And at some point in time, uh, Kathy was contacted by telephone by, I think it was the casting director at that point or a producer. So the producer was like, hey, you know, we've seen an event that you had at the Brownstone. Every, everything looked pretty nice and we were very impressed and we're trying to find some ladies to film for like a show. We're not really sure what type of show at this point in time, but we do work with TLC and this network and that network and we do cooking shows and yada, 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 right? So obviously they made it sound like very 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 broad it could be like a multitude of opportunities so you know i've seen in the comments a lot of people seem to be a little bit like skeptical when it comes to that they're like yeah right kathy yeah right what do you mean like you knew you knew you were coming on the show but i have to say and we'll get back to that a little bit later I believe Kathy when she says this because, um, you know, I've read a few books about housewives, even that one, like not all diamonds and rosé. And uh, I've heard a, a lot of different housewives say the exact same thing. I remember that Nini said that when she was approached, they just came and just said, hey, we're looking for some ladies that live behind the gates. And, you know, like you do have a few friends that you can introduce, but they never told them that it was for the Real Housewives of Atlanta at the time, right? Nini, in Atlanta, it was supposed to be called Ladies Behind the Gate or the Ladies of Atlanta or something like that, right? And I believe that Bethany said something similar as well when they were trying to recruit women for the New York franchise and all of that. So that story that Kathy is um, telling seems to co-sign with a lot of stories uh, that other housewives have said in the past as well. So anyways, um, at that point in time, Kathy was thinking, well, you know, I do like to cook and my kids are a little bit older. Uh, I need to find something to do with myself because, you know, like my kids don't need me as much. And then I, I kind of I'm not going to go back to doing like you know, hairdressing and all of that, right? So that was a possibility at that point. So they booked uh, an interview with Kathy. And I believe at that point, they come, like the producers, they come to your house and the interview was supposed to last for approximately an hour. And then eventually it extended to like over four hours and a half. Not that the producers were overstaying their welcome, but at some point, Kathy was like, you know, I'm still a mom. I'm still a housewife. My kids are home. They're probably hungry and I need to make some food. So she started cooking. And at that point comes the camera all on Kathy and her cooking and they're filming. So Kathy says that at that point, she really felt like, oh my gosh, I might land this cooking show after all, because in her mind, it was to be a cooking show. So the meeting wraps up or the interview, and then she doesn't really hear back right away. And then at some point in time, um, I guess they contacted her to let her know that, hey, since we filmed you, we kind of need you to sign this little 
release or non-disclosure agreement maybe not a non an nda per se but something similar um so basically kathy was not to discuss the interview and or tell or say that you know she was interviewing with them and they told her at that point that it was for housewives so according to kathy Kathy was shocked. She was not expecting that because she was like, well, I watch reality TV. You know, I like to watch Top Chef. I've watched like Orange County, like other franchises. And of course, I am familiar with the Housewives of New Jersey because my cousin is on, right? And I don't want to fight with my cousin. I'm not about that. Like Kathy was thinking like, listen, when I watch the show, I don't, I don't see myself identifying to, like, I don't identify with these women. Like, I don't see myself, like, I am a housewife, but am I a real housewife? Like, that was basically kind of, like, her thought process back then. And, um, you know, I guess the casting director at the point was just, like, okay, you know, no, no big deal. Like, Katie was really like, I don't want no part of that. And they're just like, ah, oh, just think about it. And then, you know, no news for a while, right? So then at some point in time, I think that was, yes, that was in April when she was told by the casting director that the show would be for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So then fast forward to May of that year, Kathy is in Florida enjoying a beautiful vacation with her family. And then she receives a phone call. And the phone call is from her cousin, Teresa. And a very upset Teresa at that. Okay, Teresa is fuming. She is fuming at that point. Okay, so apparently, according to Kathy, that was on Memorial Day long weekend. So then Teresa calls her and says, I can't believe, because she's in disbelief at that point, and that was in May, right? She says, I can't believe that you have had an interview with the producers. So then Kathy is like, uh, what? What are you saying to me? Like, what's going on? Because, you know, she's on vacation. She's about to come home from Florida back to New Jersey. She's thinking that Teresa is reaching out to her to get together once she's back. And then Teresa is basically upset on the phone. And she's like, what is wrong with you? How did you do this behind my back? Right? So then they go at it for a little bit. And then Teresa eventually lets the cat out of the bag. And she tells Kathy, I know that both you and Melissa had an interview with the producers. And then Kathy goes, huh? Melissa, what do you mean? Because at that point, Kathy did not know that Melissa had had an interview as well. And it makes sense because if production asked Kathy not to speak about it and made her sign a little paper, they probably did the exact same thing with Melissa. So then Kathy and Teresa go at it some more and then Teresa's really upset she feels betrayed she probably thinks that Kathy and Melissa are in cahoots at that point and trying to get on the show behind her back okay so then um at some point in time Kathy says like you know 
that's not the story that's not in the story but a little bit of a sidebar she says that she always knew that melissa wanted to be on the show and she didn't say that in a shady way she was just stating a fact and she said i always knew that melissa wanted to be on the show like it was her dream she was trying to be in front of the camera she was going to events because she was hoping to be cast on the show or any show right she wanted to be in the limelight and at the same time that kind of co-signs what I said to you guys a few episodes ago. I found an old article of Melissa. I remember Melissa was saying that she was the only one back then who encouraged Teresa to do the show, to do the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, and she also said that if the opportunity was given to her, she would take it because, you know, she, she liked to sing and she wanted to take, like to see if she had a chance, you know, in, in that career, right? So Melissa always wanted to be in front of the cameras and uh, Kathy did not say that in a shady way. She was like, yeah, I always knew she wanted to be on the show, but I, I didn't know that she wanted to interview or that she did an interview with um, housewives. So I know like some people are going to say, well, you see, she came on Teresa, like behind Teresa's back or she was really trying to get on the show. And you know, I kind of have a different perspective when it comes to the whole thing now, because just think about it that, that way. Like if we're not even discussing housewives at this point, if you're interested in a job or in an opportunity, wouldn't you put yourself uh, out there to try to get it, to try to secure it? Let's say it was the job of your dream. Would you just wait for the opportunity to come to you or would you try to create um instances where you can be seen or noticed or that kind of stuff so when i really think about it i don't think she did anything wrong there you know she really wanted to be on camera and she made sure that when they were filming that you know she would be at this event or that she would be in front of the camera i don't think it's that bad i, I don't think it's wrong at all but i digress so anyways at some point in time um, Teresa said to her, well, you know what, this show is about drama and I'm the star of the show and I will not film with you because I am the star and I don't have to be in your company. So then Kathy, she didn't like that very much. And then she just said to Teresa, you know what, Teresa, enough with you F off. And she hung up the phone on her. That's what Kathy said. She was like furious. She was mad. And um, I guess right after that phone call, Kathy called the casting director and she kind of rimmed her a new one, if you know what I mean. And then the casting director told Kathy, well, listen, we really liked you. And then Kathy's like, I don't have a problem with you liking me, but it would have been nice that you told me first that you really, really, really like me and that you're strongly, strongly, strongly considering me instead of calling my cousin, you know, like. <laughs> so then the casting director said to Kathy, yeah, we really like you and we like another person too. You know what I mean? And then Kathy was like, um, Okay, so the casting director never said to Kathy who the other person was. But after having that conversation with Teresa, Kathy puts one plus one together and she knows that the person is probably Melissa, right? So then after her phone call with the casting director, she calls Melissa 
And then Melissa says to Kathy, oh, did she call you? And then Kathy's like, what's up, Melissa? What's going on? Like, we've been together so much, me and you and Joe, and you never said anything. What is going on? And then Melissa's like, well, I couldn't say anything, probably just like you, right? And they really like us, and they're, they're really considering us. And, you know, I think Melissa at that point is like, yeah, it's a done deal for me. Like, I wanted this, and I'm getting it, right? So um, Kathy is just kind of like, I guess it's it's taking her time like she has to process all of this because at first she didn't know it was housewives and then now they're actually liking her and now Melissa is also joining the show and then now Teresa's mad at her and it seems like there's a lot of drama going on and the show has not even started and that was in May okay so let's just remember that date for a little bit so anyways <clears throat> So then Kathy, she's like, you know, she talks to Kim and she's saying that she she's talking to her husband about it, Richie, and he's a little bit less emotional, you know, towards the whole situation. He's just like, well, it's an opportunity for you. Like, who cares what your cousin thinks, right? So at that point, Kim D kind of interjects and, you know, Kim D, she gets super excited sometimes and it can come across like she's interrupting, <laughs> but Kim D, she made a comment and she said to Kathy, uh, in Teresa's defense, she said, you know what? Like, I'm not sure about this. Like, correct me if I'm wrong sort of thing. But it doesn't really seem like Richie ever really liked Teresa too much, right? Because he was always busting her balls when he was on the show. So that's what uh, Kim D was saying. So at that point, Kathy, she clarified the whole situation and said that Richie has absolutely nothing against Teresa, that in fact, he loved Teresa very much because I think if I go by memory, I think like Kathy and Teresa have like seven, six or seven years. Um, they're like six or seven years apart and Kathy got married in her 20s to Richie. So if you do the math, Richie Wakili has known Teresa for a good majority of her life at that point, right? Like when she was very young. So um, Kathy kind of like explains their relationship more like a big brother, little sister type of thing. And that Richie was just sort of like always picking on Teresa, but in a playful manner, just like a big brother would. And she even says that Teresa used to laugh at his jokes. Like they had like a very endearing relationship, which was maybe not always portrayed on the show, but I know that the Richie character is very polarized. Like there's a lot of people out there that love Richie. There's a lot of people out there that don't like Richie. For my part, I don't particularly think that, I don't think that Richie picked on Teresa. I just thought that he was funny. I truly do. I think he was funny. He, he had like wise little crack, like, you know, he would crack little wise jokes. And um, I don't know if you guys remember in Lake George, <laughs> In Lake George, after the fight between the men, I think it was the next day, and then um, Richie and Rosie and Kathy were in a room and they were talking about what had just transpired. And then, you know, Rosie had like a bed head or like, I don't know, like her hair was like super messy. And then Richie made a joke about that. And then eventually he said like something like, oh, you know, um, you have an afro down that I don't know. It was a pretty funny joke. So I always thought Richie was funny and I'd never felt like he was picking on Teresa, but Teresa might disagree. So anyways, so 
after that, Kathy, after speaking with Richie, he's like basically convincing her that this is a good opportunity for you. And if this is what you want to do, do it. And you shouldn't tell, you shouldn't let anyone intimidate you into not doing it sort of thing. Right. So fast forward to September. That's when filming was supposed to start. So then Kathy receives her contract, like her official contract as a housewife. And now at that point, Kathy, you know, this is September, guys. So she is still hurt. She's still upset from her phone call with Teresa back in May of that year. Okay. So at that point, Kathy's like, yeah, you know, Teresa, this is what I'm going to do for you. And she decides to be petty Kathy. She picks up the phone and she says to Teresa, Teresa, it's Kathy. I'm holding my contract in my hands and I didn't want you to hear it from anybody else and click. And she hung up on Teresa. <laughs> to her defense though Kathy does say that in retrospect that was petty and immature but that's how she felt at that point she was upset you know she probably her and Teresa went at it back in May there was no other conversation to between the the two ladies from May to September so you know Kathy probably held a little bit of a grudge from the argument with Teresa and Teresa telling her I'm a star you know I don't have to film with you you're not important kind of thing so Kathy wanted to stick it to Teresa at that point and just be like you know what I have my contract in my hands and bye-bye bye-bye Teresa that's what Kathy did right so then during the interview, they talk about the infamous christening, you know, the infamous christening scene and all of that. And Kim D at that point, she says to Kathy that she heard, she had heard of a rumor and that the rumor was, okay, if you guys remember, there's that scene at the end, you know, after the big fight and everything and the cameras go down and up and back again, like it was like re a really bad situation. So we see Joe Gorga and uh, Papa Gorga and Mama Gorga in the hallway where Joe is losing it. Like he's really, really mad, really upset. And he's talking to his parents. And at that point, he's saying to his mom in Italian, you're so cold, you're cold. You know, you're cold towards my wife, towards me, towards my kids. And then he says to his dad, you know, I'm like you, I'm tough. You raised me to be like you. Like, why do you get influenced by this man and all of that, right? And then it becomes super emotional. And it's a little bit of... Um, a little bit of a scene actually a lot of a scene because there's people around like people are watching everybody's just like oh my gosh like you know it's not just a conversation between joe Gorga, his dad and his mom like there is an audience everyone is watching so then joe he you know remember that infamous scene where he screams at his dad and he said you're my father you're my f-shot father right he says that so apparently, and I've never heard of this rumor before, but this is what Kim said. And I thought that that was very interesting. 
she said that allegedly something got cut out of that scene that it did not make the edit on purpose because maybe production thought it was too painful or too you know too sad of a scene so they decided to leave it out but again allegedly but apparently papa gorga got so mad at his son that he smacked him in the face and said stop so i don't know if this is true guys but i had to go and watch that scene again and this is why that scene is like not just that scene that whole episode is so like it speaks to a lot of people because to me you know there's a lot of stuff on the show that you know it might be a little scripted a little stage at times but that seemed very very real real to me that scene okay and uh i just remember papa gorga saying to joe sit sit down like i remember that i remember him saying that to him and i don't know i don't know if it happened i don't know if he smacked him in the face kathy cannot co-sign on that either because at that point she had already left the party she had another party to go to and uh so she said she doesn't know she doesn't know if that took place but all i can say is that i've heard of crazy stories not from the show but uh, a lot of things happen sometimes at weddings, baptisms, or sacred like moments. Like you know, emotion emotions run really high sometimes, and people do like crazy things. Like I've heard of fa father and son getting into it at a wedding. Like I've heard some things, right? So I don't know if it's true, but it's definitely a possibility. So, anyways, fast forward to the unattended comment. Okay. So if you guys recall, um, at the christening, you know, you could see Adriana on a stroller and you could see other kids around and the men are fighting and all of that. So Kim D brings up the whole thing about the fashion show. Um, you know, Teresa walked at the fashion show with Melissa and then Kathy was in attendance. And at some point in time, Kathy decides to take Teresa and say, hey, cousin, I want to talk to you, you know, and did you talk to your brother? Did you talk to your sister-in-law? And, you know, are you going to try to make peace with them? And then Teresa's like, well, you know, where were you? Where were you? Like, as soon as the going got tough, you ran away. Where were you? And then Kathy responded at that point. Well, I had my children to take care of. I didn't want them to see all of this, you know, like I, I didn't raise them like that. This is sad, a family fighting, men fighting. I was trying to take my kids out of there. So then Teresa said, well, your kids are older. They would have been fine. So, and I have to say, and I've said it before, we actually never hear Kathy say on the show uh, the word unattended to Teresa, but we hear her say, yeah, in fact, I saw Adriana was on a stroller, she was left alone, and I strolled her out of there, right? And then at that point, Teresa loses it, okay? And she's like, what are you saying? Unattended, I am done, 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 done with you. You're not a good cousin, you're not a good person, you did not have my kid and all that stuff, right? So, I remember those days. The internet went wild on that comment, okay? And although... How long ago was that? Like 11 years ago already, I think. Yeah. So although I see Kathy's heart 
because she explained, you know, she didn't mean to say that. And Kim D at this point is also backing her up in the interview, right? She's like, you were being a good cousin. You were strolling her out of there. You, you did what a lot of mothers would have done. And Kathy was like, well, I was not alone. Other mothers were doing the exact same thing too. They're just like, you know, trying to figure out where the kids were and get them back to safety, right? So I get what Kathy says and I get what she means or meant, but at the time, uh, even though she did not use the word unattended, she did say Adriana was left alone, right? And um, I do not believe that Kathy was being malicious when she said that, but I could also understand why Teresa reacted in the way that she did. I have to be honest with that. I do, because I feel like mothers, we get to, like, you, we tend to be a little bit overprotective with our kids, as we should be, right? And the implication that you left your child unattended or without supervision or in a dangerous situation or left alone. I could see Teresa being mad over something like that. And not just her, a lot of women actually. A lot of women would be really, really upset if they were said that. Like a lot of mothers, right? So I feel like Kathy could have said something different and mind you they were arguing at that point it's like kathy came up to Teresa to talk about joe and melissa and then somewhat the, the conversation got turned around to the kids and then maybe kathy felt kind of like you know pushed into a corner and maybe she felt like she had to defend herself and when you're mad sometimes you overspeak. so she said left alone but really probably what she meant at that point was listen yeah my my kids you know, they're older, but I was also not just worried about my kids. I was worried about everybody's kids, like this kid over there, that kid over there, all the kids, including yours, right? She could have said that and just left the left alone, alone kind of thing, right? But anyways, and I feel like maybe if it was presented in that manner, I don't think Teresa would have gotten that upset, but who knows? She might have gotten super upset anyways. That's just like my own opinion. I just think that. I understand why she reacted in that manner. So, and then, you know, they kind of talk about editing a little bit because, you know, that whole scene happened while Kathy, Teresa, and Melissa were at the Brownstone, which is Caroline's, you know, banquet hall with uh, Albert Manzo and uh, her his brother. So, if you remember, Caroline got really upset and she said, kill each other in your own home, like your family, you know, where to find each other, yada, yada, yada. And then Kathy, she felt like, you know, her first impression with Caroline was not really the best. So she decided to meet up with Caroline at her house, like her actual house, brought her some flowers to explain the situation. So you know, when we see the episode, we see Kathy sort of apologizing to Caroline and Caroline responding in a very cut and dry manner. I don't care. So then Kathy explains to Kim that Caroline did say, I don't care during that meeting, but it wasn't in relation to Kathy up apologizing at that point. So when Kathy said, I'm sorry, like that this happened, Caroline did not say, I don't care, right? She said that about something else. Kathy couldn't, couldn't remember what it was, but she said that in fact, her meeting with Caroline was not like, it was not a bad experience. She doesn't remember or recall uh, Caroline being nasty or mean to her in any way, shape or form. And that's where the editing kind of comes into play. So Kathy did say that. And then at some point in time, you know, 
it brought up like um, this whole thing between Kim D and, and, and Kathy. I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't know this because I actually re remember I watched that episode on Watch What Happens Live a long time ago. And Kathy was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy. And we all know that Andy can be shady at times and he likes to ask those shady questions. And, um, you know, he likes to also plug the, the posh uh, fashion show, the posh store, that kind of stuff. So he asked Kathy, have you been shopping at posh? And I think Kathy um, responded, no, I haven't been like, I haven't shopped there. You know, I don't shop there or something around those lines. So you know how things can get blown out of proportion on the internet and then maybe Kim D saw some clips or an audio of that. And then she was maybe thinking, is Kathy trying to be shady towards me? Like, why is she talking as if she doesn't shop at my store? Like she has shopped at my store before. Like why? She doesn't want to give me a shout out. Like, you know, like people tend to get a little defensive when it comes to their place of business. Right. So Kim was a little mad at Kathy. And for some time they had a little bit of a like a little bit of tension between them, but like two grown ladies, they call each other and they kind of set the record straight. And then Kathy was like, hey, you know how it is. It's a show. That's not how I meant it. Like it's all blown out of proportion. And then Kim was just like, okay, let's be friends again where I'm not mad at you anymore, that kind of thing, right? So for those who did not know about that beef, that's what that situation was. But I wish I had... Um, sent out a question for Kim when it comes to that, because I always wanted to know, I'm not trying to be shady, or maybe I'm trying to be shady just a little. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys recall, okay? There was an episode. It was right after Papa Gorga uh, went to the hospital for like a few nights. And then Teresa and Kim D had a coffee at this place called Neo Cafe or Cafe Neo. I can't remember. It's one or the other. And then they're talking and Kim D's asking uh, for an update on Papa Gorga and his uh, medical situation. And then at that point, Teresa receives a phone call. And the phone call is from her friend, Linda, right? And then Linda is calling and saying, oh my gosh, Teresa, I'm at the gym. And she's on speakerphone. And she's like, you won't believe who's there. And then Teresa's like, who? And she's like, Jacqueline, your sister-in-law, and Kathy. And then Linda makes a comment about Jacqueline and says, you know, Jackie's, Jacqueline's fat ass is at the gym. That's what she says, right? And then the ladies are laughing, like Teresa and Kim, they're laughing. Do you think that's funny? And then um, Kim D makes a comment too. And she says, what about Kathy's fat ass? How does it even... Uh, go through the door, right? Kathy, um, Kim D said that about Kathy. And then Linda, she continues and she's like, you know, she body shames Kathy in that comment. And then the ladies are laughing, right? You can tell that Teresa, it, you know, she's laughing, but she's, she's a little uncomfortable at that point, just a little bit because it's still her cousin, right? Uh, she couldn't care less about Jacqueline at that point. And we already know that she doesn't like Melissa. But when Linda said, you know, the, the um, shaming comment about Kathy, Teresa was not laughing as much. Okay. But Kim D was, and Kim D called Kathy, like she fat shame her a little bit. Right. So I don't really care about the whole thing with Andy Cohen on the set of watch what happens live and the little, you know, shady comment about posh, but I wish 
I knew or I, I, I'd ask um, somebody before the interview with Kathy, how did Kathy and Kim um, get past that, that comment? especially as friends, now that we know that they had a relationship prior to the show, how did Kathy react uh, when she saw that comment, um, you know, Kim body shaming her on the show? So part two will be released. I believe it's supposed to be released sometime this Saturday. Um, I'm hoping to find some juicy bits to just share with you all. And that's all I have for today, guys. That's it. Thank you for listening. I love you all. And as always, be a fan, not fanatical. Ciao.